Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. Uh, this time we have, well, more wacky stories from the world for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got an update on Gobekli Tepe, and a couple Bigfoot stories, as well as, if we have time, an article about an asteroid that could possibly hit us in the future. Well, that sucks. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a little? Just hoping for the giant asteroid at this point. Fucking A. <laughs> I have a ghost story to tell and a couple little personal tales as well. Number one, real quick, I'll just give you a quick update on the happenings in my haunted house. Mm. Well, I had another occurrence, like, the night that we got home. So I've spent four fucking days driving home to Kansas from Washington State. You can do it in, like, three, but then you're doing, like, ten-hour days, and that just sucks to drive ten hours straight. So I like to break it up into, like, four seven-hour days. So day four, seven-hour drive from Limon, Colorado, and we get home. We get settled somewhat and into bed and I woke up in the middle of the night hearing like the super creepy laughing like it kind of sounded like the Freddy Krueger laugh just kind of like a sinister like ha 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 and I thought it was Scarlet like her room is right next to mine in the loft of our house and I opened up the door and peeked out and she was like sound asleep in bed she was not laughing a sinister man's laugh in her sleep from what I could observe. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if uh, maybe I was still dreaming when I woke up. I mean, I swear I heard it, but this is one Sometimes. where I woke up. This wasn't like the bathtub where it's like, okay, no, I am fully awake and right, aware right. of what's going on during this time. This was a time where I had like woken up in the night and it, and it happened kind of quickly from waking from the, the moment I woke up to when I heard it to when I actually got up and investigated it. So I, I could have still been dreaming. I don't know. It was Hopefully weird. Hopefully that was just a dream. Yeah. I'm hoping so too. It, it was pretty creepy. Yeah. Uh, nothing has happened since. I've actually been full on alone in the house for the last few days because as soon as we were back after that first night, their dad came for a visit. And so they've been staying in town in the hotel with him. And so nothing's happening. I, I, I even took a bath and nothing, and nothing happened funky in the bath. Happened. Nothing funky happened in the bath. Um, it it was rather, uh, it wasn't like a long, relaxing bath. It was more like dunk myself into cool water because I was filthy and disgusting, but it's so hot that yeah. I opted for like a cold bath. So it wasn't like a, a steamy, like meant to be relaxing bath. But and Well, it was a cooling bath, which is can be relaxing as well. Yeah, it was it was refreshing. I definitely felt like I could sleep better after that, after getting washed off and cooled off. But nothing yeah, sure. nothing of note happened in the bath. And that's well, about that's all good. I have to report. Well, that's uh, so. Hopefully, we'll just chalk it off as that's just a dream. Just yeah. chalk it off as a dream. It'll be the the best, the easiest, the best. Yeah. If you were like fully awake and you heard it, well, that's 
you know, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was more like coming out of sleep and I heard it, but it was, it seemed real enough for me to get up out of bed and like walk out to Scarlett's room to see if that was her that had made the yeah, sinister yeah. laugh, but it wasn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully not Freddy Krueger. That guy is not. Yeah, no, I don't want Freddy nice. Krueger anywhere near me at all, especially no, no, not no, while on I'm TV sleeping. Yeah, like he can just stay right there. It's, yeah, definitely. I The thing that freaks me out the most about that movie, I think, is that one scene, I think, in the original Freddy when he, like, is looking down on Nancy when she's sleeping, but he's, like, kind of, like, on the other side of the drywall, and you can just see his, like, imprint kind of, like, oh, stretching yeah, the yeah. drywall out. Oh, that creeps me out. I like those movies. I like the ones, the ones with Nancy are the best. Definitely. So that'd be the first one, I think the third one, and then New Nightmare. I don't know what yeah, number Wes that Craven's is. Yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Two is pretty good, too, even though it doesn't have Nancy. Yeah. It references Nancy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to, I guess. And then some of the other ones are just, you know, whatever. Yeah, Weird. yeah. We watched a bunch of them around Halloween season last year. Probably end up getting more and watching more because, I mean, you know, they're good for that. Should do a Friday the 13th uh, marathon tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow, Friday the 13th? Oh, it is. I believe it is, yes. It is, yeah. I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one. Just gonna yeah, just gonna skip that one. Well, um how about I tell you what is going on at Gobekli Tepe? Please do. All right, this is uh as reported by ancientorigins.net. There's a 62 mile line around the Gobekli Tepe site, 100 kilometers. The site was found in 1995 by Klaus Schmidt. Eleven more mounds have been found along this 62-mile line. The mounds are consistent with the artificial mounds that are created when these Gobekli Tepe-like sites are buried. So, you know, they'll build them all up, and then they'll oftentimes bury them, or they'll just become buried over time. And all of these mounds in this area around the initial Gobekli Tepe site are probably these things. The cultural and tourism minister in Turkey, Mehmet Ersoy, claims that an extensive study around the site is nearing completion and should be available in September of 2021, which is just coming up here real quick, and believes it's possible for the region that Gobekli Tepe sits, Sanlirfa, may soon be referred to as the Pyramids of Southeast Turkey. To recap, Gobekli Tepe is an archaeological site that is super old. The oldest bits of it date to 9,000 BCE, which is 6,000 years before Stonehenge. It contains a bunch of big-ass pillars that have a variety of animals and strange shapes and images on them that no one is really sure what they mean. They're hoping that with these other sites, they're going to find things that are similar or lead up to or lead away from Gobekli Tepe so that they can kind of figure it out Rosetta's own style, what exactly is written on these pillars, what is what they were trying to convey and what these sites actually were for. So that's pretty uh, exciting. Yeah. That's crazy. 11 more of these things. And apparently they're, they want to go. I mean, this guy is in a, you know, he's a minister of the gov, the government there. And he's like, yeah, there's going to be some cool shit. You guys uh, get ready. 
So I'll be keeping an eye on it, and hopefully next month we'll have some fancier Gobekli Tepe things to talk about. All right. You know what I started watching again in the last few days? I've been binging The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah? So it got me thinking about two different things. Zombies and the great state of Georgia. I think I have mentioned a couple of times before that I swear I saw a zombie yes. several years ago yes. in Florida. I don't know if I told you the entire story or if I told our listeners the entire story. And even if I did, it's not a very long story, so I am going to You can to tell it again. I'm pretty, sure, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that you did tell us the story, maybe a couple of times, but that's fine. We like that story. <laughs> it, is, it is an interesting story because, yes, I do swear that I saw a zombie and my kids were witness to this. We were down in Florida, driving up from the Florida Keys to Orlando to go uh, visit Disney World. Yay! So much fun. And this was like seven years ago, so GPS was not what it is now. And we were mostly going off of a really simplified map from the car rental company, and it was like... There was enough GPS around where you couldn't find fucking maps anywhere because I stopped at, like, two different stores to try and find some. But it was long ago enough that, like, yeah, my GPS was super spotty, so trying to, like, just rely on that also sucked ass. Well, we made a wrong turn. We were in this place called Monkey Jungle, like an actual city called Monkey Jungle. Yes. All right, then. Um, Scarlet always remembers the story as when we were in Banana Land. Hey, there you go. (laughs) And I always have to correct her. No, not Banana Land. Monkey Jungle. Monkey Jungle. It's close, though. It's close, though. You'd think you would find Monkey Jungle in Banana Land. Yes. That would make sense. Well, I make a wrong turn, and I'm going down the street, and I need to turn around. And it ended up being like a residential street with all these like little box houses, like one after another in a row. And as I'm driving down, I see this guy walking and he's ahead of my car. So I only see like the back side of him, but I can tell he's just, he's, you know, not walking normally. He kind of is very slow and maybe dragging his leg a little bit. Shambling a bit, would you say? Shambling, yes. And so when I'm going to turn left and pull into a driveway so that I can turn around, I go like a few driveways ahead of where he is just to, you know, so I don't freak the guy out or have any close calls with, you know, some disabled person walking down the street because we don't need to add that to the trip. I pull up into a driveway so that I can turn around, and the the moment I pull up, that's when we actually see the front side of him. And this guy was older, probably, I don't know, 60s, 70s, and his eyes were completely white, like 100%. Bad cataracts. Like, Yeah, like severely, though, to where I don't understand how this person is walking down a street unassisted with no seeing eye dog, no cane. Right. I don't see how you could see out of those eyes. Now, it could be maybe he had some sort of weird voodoo curse put on him. Didn't necessarily have to be a zombie, but it looked like a goddamn zombie. Okay, I mean, those were like dead white eyes. And he's just moving towards us. I mean, we all just kind of like paused and we're just like. Agape and just couldn't believe what we were seeing. And 
the girls in the back, they were way little, and they're just like, what's wrong with him? And I turn to Jarek, and I'm like, oh my gosh, has it started? Is this the start of, like, zombie apocalypse? And meanwhile, he's just kind of shambling closer and closer to the car, and Jarek is like, oh my god, just go! And I, you know, throw it into reverse, and, like, peel out and speed away. And, yeah, we were all pretty convinced. I mean, it looked like a goddamn zombie. It, You know, I don't see how that guy could be seeing where to go. Any, I mean, it wasn't like he was, like, wandering around, like he couldn't see where he was going. He was going in a very straight line, albeit, you know, kind of dragging his leg and right, not shuffling swiftly, along. But, but in a straight line. In a straight line on the sidewalk. And, yeah, I to this day, I'm like, that was a goddamn zombie. Well, you know, in the past, I don't know, few months, there was a TikTok that was put out. It was captured in Seattle, and it was a woman that was shambling down the street and, like, gutturally moaning, kind of. Mm -hmm. And she was all fucked up looking as if she'd been in some horrific accident and wasn't responding to people... At first, and then, like, when the cops showed up, they, like, didn't really want to get close, but I guess she, like, kind of started responding to them. But it's called the Seattle Zombie Woman, and so you can find that video on, if you just do a, do a search on the internet. Wow. And uh, there's, I've checked a couple times, and there's been no follow-up about what happened or What was actually like wrong with her? People speculated, like, maybe there was a movie being shot someplace, and she was an extra and there was just like someone but i mean when the cops showed up she wasn't like oh hey by the way guys i'm just some actor yeah actually but uh yeah so that's pretty strange you should uh you should look it up when you get the chance i am definitely 100 percent going to look it up (laughs) probably as soon as we are done recording i'm (laughs) going to look that up yeah it's crazy it's it's pretty crazy it's from kind of far away, but it's 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 a good video. It's pretty easy to find. Uh zombies are just the worst. Yeah. Definitely yeah. don't no. want zombie apocalypse to happen. No, they're not. They're not ideal. Not ideal at all. Although I have some thoughts right now on The Walking Dead, like first two seasons. I feel that Shane got kind of a bad and unjust rap. Oh yeah? In that show. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, the whole part where, yeah, he plotted to, like, kill Rick and get back together with Lori and stuff like that was, like, uncool. But everyone is so fixated on that that um, part when he shoots Otis in the leg when they're at the high school trying to get the medical supplies for Carl's surgery. And then he shoots yeah. Otis in order to, um, you know, so the zombies can, like, swarm him and eat him and provide him... Uh, they distract them enough so that he can get away, make yes. his getaway. Yes. And I mean, I'm sorry, I would totally do the same thing, I think, in Zombie Apocalypse, especially with some person I just met. If it was, like, my kid's life on the line, I would fucking, I'd shoot a fucking hundred people in the goddamn leg and let zombies eat them in order for me to get away to, like, save my kid. Like, I think people were just a little judgy about that. I like, think so, but uh, I think it was uh, maybe a little bit premature. I don't think that he necessarily needed to do that and also otis was like a super good dude so yeah but i don't care how good the person is i'd still fucking shoot him in the leg and let the zombies eat him in order to to save my child like that's just right me. but i it wasn't 
it, in the in the context of that, it wasn't necessary. They were he was gonna he was able gonna be able to get away. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching was it, like, it did bam. seem like they were still quite a ways away. Like it yeah. wasn't like and they weren't just, like, like just right on him. But did if it really... got to the point where yeah, sure, like, now right if, there, if they were like right it. on it, then sure. But I mean, not just like oh, and just in case, pop, like yeah. It maybe was a little premature, but I think the overall act of doing it. You look at the two guys, no matter what, what's his name is going to outrun Otis. Shane. Shane is going to outrun Otis. So all Shane needs to be is, is, is faster than the slow dude. But Shane was slowed up because of his ankle, because he jumped from that window. And he was limping severely, so his ankle was pretty fucked up. So that slowed him down quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still think think Shane is a prick. Yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) I, I I think he's judged a little unfairly by standards that, I mean... Yeah, normally you don't go doing that to people, but it's zombie apocalypse. Like, anything goes. And, like I said, I'd fucking do it. I'd do it and for also, my kid. And also, I mean, it wasn't his kid. He had been watching him for, like, a month. It wasn't his kid, but it was a kid who was known to him for a long time. He, right, but he'd know. only been taking care of him for, like, 30 days, for, like, one month. That's and true. And he could have easily died and given, what's his name, Otis or whatever, Given him the supplies, be like, you take the supplies, I got chomped, or whatever. Like, I can't get there fast enough, you take these things, I'll try and get out on my own, you know? Easily could have done that. Actually, there is a point where he says, you go ahead, I can't make it. And then he's like, no, we're gonna make it, gets up and gets going, and then a few minutes later is when he ends up shooting Otis. So, yeah, so I mean, there's also, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> he refuses to lose, and is like, no, I'm gonna help you out, and then you fucking shoot the guy. Yeah. Nah, Shane's a prick. Sorry. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think that he's... Uh, I'm a little Team Shane. That's alright, you can be. I'm he's Team Shane, and, I mean, Rick really does piss me off sometimes with some of his, like, you know... Bullshit? Well, Rick's, I mean, a psychopath, too. <laughs> just his wishy-washiness, and, you know, just can't make the hard decisions. Like, Shane, at least, could, like, make the fucking hard decisions and stick by them. Yeah. He could do that. He could. And that's what got him fucking killed. <laughs> it did. It did. But you know, you may be on Team Shane. I'm on Team Bigfoot. Oh, are you? I'm you on, on Team, team Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Now, All Team right. Bigfoot is not in The Walking Dead that I'm aware. Although, no. at some point, you run into people that could be mistaken for Bigfoot in there. You hair know what would be terrible is a zombie, zombie Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah, oh my be gosh. Shitty. That'd be the worst. Yikes. Well, pretty recently, there have been a couple encounters in Ohio. On May 20th, 2021, the Richlandosaurus reported that a 20-year-old woman left the gym she had belonged to in Ashland, Ohio, around midnight on April 24th, 2021, and walked towards her car. The parking lot was well lit, and hers was the only car in this particular section of the parking lot. I would say that that's pretty late to be working out. I don't normally, I know they have 24 hour gyms and I guess I've never been to one except in like the late afternoon. So I don't know, but apparently it was late enough that she was, hers was the only car in the parking lot. Well, some people are just night owls. That's true. She headed 
she's heading towards her car. Now the this is kind of on the edge of town, and it's a fairly new, newly constructed gym and, and parking lot and stuff. So it butts up against some wildernessy stuff like woods and shit like that. Well, she hears a crack, like a twig cracking, and she looks up, and about thirty yards away, a giant seven to eight foot tall creature covered in gray hair, just is, is like running towards the woods. The woman was quite shaken. And so she called her folks to come pick her up because she was just not in a state to be driving. Uh, the next day, her stepfather went back to where the sighting occurred, but he couldn't find any signs of a large creature. He saw some deer tracks, but he also made it a point to say he's neither a tracker nor a hunter. So he wasn't really certain of what he's looking, what, what he was looking for. There was nothing obvious anyway. Uh, this was reported to the BFRO, the Bigfoot Research Organization, I think is what it uh, stands for, and is considered legitimate and a credible sighting. It's BFRO report number 69065. Initially, the woman who reported it had her name associated with it, but then just like fucking jack-offs, local jack-offs were giving her shit, and so she had them remove her name from the report. But the she was she was interviewed. That sucks. Yeah, you hear it all the time. People hear about someone's encounter with Bigfoot, and they're like, "Oh, I just saw Bigfoot," and then they're just like jerk offs for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, but yeah, you hear about it frequently. That's why a lot of people don't want to talk about the shit they've seen, is because people are assholes. Yeah, and they just have to like mock you and stuff, and just yeah, dicks. it's just like. Sorry, you have such a fucking mundane-ass life that you've never seen shit. I mean, I haven't really seen much, really, but still. Like, what, are they just jealous? Like, I want to see Bigfoot. Right. It's like, what about seeing Bigfoot um, is so, like, upsetting to you personally that you have to, like, right. harass someone over it? And they're completely fine with whatever religion they follow and the magic that happens in religions. You're like, okay, like, you're you're not going to believe in this, but you're going to believe in, like, you know, this other thing. Like, come on. It makes me think of this great meme I saw about bullying, like, about bullies. Like, why is the fact that I'm fat making you so angry that you have to, like... Right. Fucking, like, you know, beat somebody up and, like, call them names and mock them and stuff. Like, what the fuck is the deal with that, really? It makes you think, like, yeah, actually, what is the problem? Like, why is somebody else's appearance so upsetting to another person that they have to just be shitty to that person about it and harass them? Their appearance, their beliefs, you know, what they want to do, you know, romantically or sexually or anything. I mean, really, does it does it affect you? Except in having to, like, physically see that this particular thing exists. Probably not. So just fuck off if you don't like it. Who cares? You can you can not like it to yourself. You don't need to make someone else's life hell because, you know, you don't like something about them. Or you don't believe something about them, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I I believe I I believe that. You know, usually this is what the, a parent will say when your kid's being bullied, and I think it's true. Like that, that person's just you know feels shitty on the inside, and the only way to feel better is to like make others feel shitty too. And I think that's a very true thing for people. Yeah, it is. And it, that sucks. It's like, you know, why do you have to be such a shitty, unhappy human being that the only way to make yourself happy is to make others as miserable as you? Like, that's an Misery unfortunate way. Misery loves company. Yeah. 
It's a pretty unfortunate way of expressing your um, inner uh, shitty feelings, but... <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Got to channel that into, like, better things. Well, also in Ashland, Ohio, a 51-year-old man saw something he'd never seen before on June 9th, 2021. So this is just real, real close in, in time-wise. Uh, this man was mowing his lawn just after a rainstorm and saw something near a tree line by some soybean fields, about 250 yards from where he sat on his lawnmower. Something large and all black walked out of the trees across the soybean field and into another bit of trees. Since it had just rained and he was concerned it would, again, he had left his phone inside, so of course he was unable to get any video or pictures. He did, however, drive his mower closer to try and get a better look. So he got like 40 yards closer or something like that. It took about a minute and a half for this creature to cross the bean field. Soybeans range from three and a half to five feet tall, and the man says the critter just strode through them without a problem. He waited to see if the creature would come back out of the woods, but it did not. So he walked around, and he asked his neighbors, like, were you guys out mushroom picking or any fucking shit like that? No one said that they had been. He had a pretty good view of, like, the car, of the roads and stuff around, and he said he didn't see any cars parked any place. He did end up getting the pictures of a couple impressions, but it's hard to tell whether they're footprints or not. He probably, again, not a tracker or a hunter. He had his 5'11", 235-pound son walk through the field at the same location he'd seen the thing walk through, and then he himself went to the place where he had been when he watched the critter walk through the soybeans, and 5'11", 235. That's not small. It's not huge, but it's not small. It's almost six foot, 235. That's that's full-grown dude, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took his son much longer to pick his way through the field, and it was clear that the thing that he'd seen the day before had, had to have been much larger than six feet tall just to walk on through this fucking field. This was also reported to BFRO. Case number 69411. The witnesses are considered credible, but because of the distance, and it was kind of dark, it was just a shape, basically, of a, or like a, a silhouette, rather, that he saw, it's not considered as good of a sighting as that first one in Ashland. But it's pretty crazy. Two Bigfoot sightings in a fairly close area, and there's, I mean, it's not a huge town, but it's also not super remote. Right. I wonder if Bigfoot dislikes all the hot weather in Washington right now. I don't know. I feel like that would be hard to deal with. With all that fur, you know? Hair. I mean, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be hair, not really fur. Yeah. So hair, I don't know how good hair is for keeping heat off. Fur is pretty good about it, but... Yeah. I don't know about hair. Hair and fur are different in ways that I'm not i don't remember <laughs> all right well do you want to hear about my ghost story from georgia yeah let's hear your georgia ghost story yeah also inspired by walking dead because it's all filmed in georgia and yes. i was like oh you know let's let's try and find something out of georgia because that's a, that's a fun place and this is out of savannah georgia one of my favorite places in georgia one that I really, really want to go back to. Um, hopefully, I wanted to go this year, didn't have enough time or money. 
Uh, I'm hoping next year because the one time I was in Savannah was only for a weekend. So not a lot did of not time. get to like, you know, there was not nearly enough time to see all the great things. And one of the things that Savannah is known for is, uh, you know, a huge amount of haunted places. And they have all sorts of uh, ghost tours that you can take because it's just such an old, you know, kind of creepy town. Yeah, well, it's a, yeah, I'm sure there, I'm sure that town saw a lot of death. Yes. I'm sure there was a lot of Civil War things that happened around there as well as, I mean, that was the South. That is it the was. South. And so it was. probably and you know, pissed very... off souls from slaves. and Oh, yeah. Uh, man, oh, yeah. It's, uh, all kinds not, of fucked up shit going on I'm there. Sure, the voodoo shit. I'm sure all kinds of shit. It was uh, all kinds yeah. of stuff. All kinds. Not of to stuff mention and... like all the natives that got you know run out of there. And... Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's very uh, fortunate that a lot of the really old buildings survived. That it survived the Civil War, and that is because it was such a beautiful town. I mean, Sherman came through and burned just about everything from Atlanta to the sea, except for the town of Savannah, which is right on the sea, because he, uh, apparently he was like, you know what, this is just too nice. I can't, <laughs> well, I can't burn the place down. I'm not going to burn so, this one down, boys. Right. And, and it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. And so it actually uh, remained well, relatively intact through the civil war, which is uh, pretty lucky uh, for in a yeah. historical Yeah, sense. no shit. Yeah. And this is the story of William Wise, who was actually, when Savannah was just a colony, this was like the first murder in the colony of Savannah. Colony of Savannah? Yes, the colony of Savannah. Oh, interesting. Because I guess it was, you know, way back, it was just a colony as opposed to a city. Right, well, it was I didn't... Still A colony of England. Well, I know, but I would expect it to be like the colony of Georgia. Right, well, I don't know. That's but referred to not. as the colony of Savannah, but I don't know. Neither do I. Maybe because it wasn't the... Maybe because Savannah was like its own colony and it was not, in fact, the first murder in any colony in Georgia. I don't know. I don't know either. William Wise was found dead in his house. Uh, he lived on Hutchinson Island, which was kind of across the river from Savannah. It took me a long time to figure this out. I had to reread the story a couple of times. And real quick, my sources for this are nightlyspirits.com and savannahnow.com. He was found in bed. His body was lying in a bed, but his head was in a large pail of water. I thought it had been, like, decapitated. But apparently the pail of water was actually, like, on his bed. So body laying down, head stuck in a pail of water. Like a pail for a pillow. Yes. His neckerchief was around his neck, and it appeared that he had been strangled and then drowned. He had arrived in Savannah in December of 1733 from England. And apparently the guy was just a total piece of shit. He brought with him this woman who he claimed to be his daughter, but was actually a prostitute. And he was just known for being a real mean-spirited, womanizing piece of shit, basically. However, he was given a plantation on the island, and he was also given two indentured Irish servants. So indentured is when there's, like, a contract, and... 
I think a lot of times from places like Ireland, England, wherever they would you would get your fare to the Americas to the to the New World paid if you were you know a servant for a number of years to pay it back. It was a slave. Yeah, it, it was, was basically I mean, you were it was basically you were a, slave. a slave. Yeah. Uh, you weren't owned but right. you were you were bound assigned to. And bound to yeah. serve for a certain number of time until your debt had been paid. So I guess, unlike slavery at the time, it wasn't like a lifetime of servitude. You did eventually get to do it. But it was it basically like not much better living than an actual slave. Young Alice Riley had entered into indentured servitude at the age of 15 in 1733, and she was fleeing the uh, Irish famine at the time. I think there were several famines in Ireland. It was not a great time to live there. No. She and a man named Richard White had sailed to Savannah from Ireland, and there were 38 other servants, Irish servants, on that ship, and when they arrived, they had almost, like, starved to death on the voyage over there. Because they were just, you know, like, well, here's your scraps. Right. Servant slash slave. They were assigned to work on William Wise's plantation, basically as his personal servants. And apparently, by the time that they arrived there, Wise was pretty old and kind of bedridden. And so one of the main duties for Alice was having to bathe him in his bed. And apparently he took all sorts of sexual liberties with her. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And Richard White's duty was Alice would bathe him and he had to comb out Wise's long hair. He had like really long gray hair and he had to like comb his hair and she had to like bathe him and who the fuck knows what else to him. And so a romance developed between Richard White and Alice Riley and they both decided after a time that they basically had had enough of being treated like shit and having to bathe and comb and care for this disgusting old man who also may or may not have been sexually abusing Alice. So on the night of March 16, 1734, she and Richard came into the room uh, acting as though they are going to do his nightly bathing ritual. She brought with her a pail of water And Richard went to act like he was going to go and start combing his hair out, as he did every night. But instead, he took his neckerchief and tied it around his neck and and choked him almost to the point of death. And at which point, Alice grabbed him by the head and stuck it into the pail of water and drowned him. They then took a few personal effects and got the hell out of there, hoping to make it to Charleston and to a life uh, free of bathing old, disgusting men. Yes, that's a life everybody deserves. Now, the 
reported a case um, comes from a letter written to the the founder of the town. His name was James, James Oglethorpe, and he was out of town at the time. So the town recorder, Thomas Christie, sent a letter detailing the crime. So I'll just go ahead and read it. It's dated December 14th, 1734. The unfortunate Mr. Wise, his effects was sold except papers and manuscripts remaining in a trunk in the store. The manner of this murder was thus, which you have no doubt been acquainted with. He lay over in the island a considerable time in a very weak condition and kept to his bed. He used to call for some water in the morning to wash himself, and White used to assist him combing out his hair. Alice Riley by the direction and influence of White, brought a pail of water, which she sat down by his bedside. White came in also, pretending to assist him in combing his hair. He usually wore a handkerchief about his neck, and while he was leaning over the bedside, instead of combing his hair, White took hold by that handkerchief, which he twisted till he was almost suffocated. Alice Riley, at the time, took hold of the pole of his head and plunged his face into the pail of water, and being very weak, it soon dispatched him. As to the rest, I refer to the proceedings of the court. The court records have been lost to time. That's too bad. The pair were eventually caught, and both proclaimed their innocence... But both were sentenced to death, and the trial was held on May 11, 1734. Richard White was, after he escaped, I guess, from jail briefly, but as soon as he was caught, he was hung. Alice Riley's execution was delayed due to the fact that she was pregnant, presumably by White's child, but who knows? It could have been Wise's, too. Yeah, yeah. Depending on what the hell actually happened in that plantation. She gave birth to a son who was named James, and about six weeks later, on January 19th, 1735, she was hung. She was the first woman to be hanged in the colony of Savannah. Wow. The baby died two weeks later. Well, shit. (laughs) Yeah, Alice and her baby were buried in a plot of land that was just off Wright Square, was also known as Hangman Square. And some say that her spirit haunts Right square to this day. One thing that is notable is that Spanish moss doesn't grow on the trees around the square. And Spanish moss literally grows everywhere in Savannah. Mm, It's very beautiful and has a lovely effect. Although sometimes I think of all the bugs that must be in it. It's like hanging down off the trees. Yeah. Very nice to look at, though. And two stories behind that, one is that she cursed the residents of the town, and that is why the Spanish moss does not grow on the trees in the square. And another is an old wives' tale that says uh, Spanish moss will not grow in a place where the blood of the innocent was spilled. And so that Mary, I'm, I'm sorry, that Alice Riley and... Richard White were, in fact, innocent, and they were just kind of targeted because, you know, they were the Irish servants, and there was a lot of... um, Racism. Yeah, 
yeah, people didn't necessarily like all the Irish immigrants coming in. So, yeah, never 100% sure on whether or not they actually were guilty. Um, yeah, so not, not a whole lot is both Alice and Richard proclaim their innocence. And then even after Richard was hanged, Alice confessed air quotes in a way saying that it was Richard who had done the murdering, murdering and that any assistance that she gave him was like at his behest. Right. Yeah. Also, her spirit appears in Wright Square, kind of on the regular, mostly to pregnant women or women who are, like, you know, taking their kids, walking them in the stroller. And she appears wailing, looking for her baby. Apparently, there have actually been a number of police reports made because... This woman will approach pregnant women or women with a stroller and wail about her missing baby and looking for her baby. And those that have been on the police force for a long time are kind of like, well, that's probably just Alice. And then then those that are newer to the force uh, spend hours looking around for a woman and a baby that no longer exists. Apparently, she does come to them. In her ragged, you know, 18th century clothing, but nobody really thinks anything is weird about that because there's so many, um, like, character players from all, like, the, the tours and stuff going on in the city that oh, they just, yeah, like, yeah. assume that it's, you know, someone, like, in costume and makeup. That's crazy. And, yeah, there have been actual police reports like, oh, this woman's crying and saying her baby's missing and, you know, please come help. And then they come and, like, nobody's around and she's disappeared. And (laughs) It's like, what the fuck are we going to do here? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is the the story of Alice Riley. Well, then, uh, why don't we end it off with a article by NPR. Got plans for September 24th, 2182. This big asteroid might, too. A potentially dangerous asteroid called Bennu has a 1 in 1,750 chance of hitting Earth between now and the year 2300. That's according to the most precise calculations of an asteroid's trajectory ever made, and the odds are slightly worse than NASA previously thought. Still, the researchers studying Bennu say this doesn't keep them up at night. The impact probability just went the impact probability went up just a little bit but not a significant change says david farnochia at the center for near earth object studies at nasa's jet propulsion laboratory in southern california he points out that there is a 99.94% probability that bennu is not on an impact trajectory so there is no particular reason for concern he says we have time to keep tracking the asteroid and eventually come to a final answer bennu is a rubble pile asteroid that's shaped like a spinning top and it's wider than the empire state's building is tall it was discovered in 1999 and telescopes have been keeping tabs on it ever since nasa considers bennu and another asteroid called 1950 da to be the two most hazardous known asteroids in our solar system in 2016 nasa launched the osiris rex mission to collect a sample of bennu's rocks and to learn more about the asteroid's size, shape, and composition. The the spacecraft 
The spacecraft arrived at Bennu in 2018 and spent about two years flying around it like a hummingbird, studying it closely before nabbing a sample of the rubble and heading home. All of its measurements have given researchers an unprecedented ability to understand where this asteroid is and where it might go. To predict its future path, the, te the team looked to predict its future path, the team took into account all kinds of small influences, including the effect of sunlight hitting Bennu, the tiny gravitational pull of more than 300 other asteroids, and the drag caused by interplanetary dust. The researchers even checked to see if OSIRIS-REx pushed the asteroid off course when the spacecraft briefly touched its rocky surface. It turns out this sample collection maneuver had a negligible effect as expected. The OSIRIS-REx mission has provided extremely precise data on Venue's position and motion through space to a level never captured before on any asteroid, says Lindley Johnson, the planetary defense officer at NASA's Planetary Defense Coordination Office at NASA headquarters in Washington. The researchers have published their predictions in the journal Icarus, and they say the asteroid will make a close approach to Earth in 2135. Venue will pose no danger at that time, but Earth's gravity will alter the asteroid's path around the sun and affect its possibility of coming back and going splat. The most significant date in terms of a potential impact is September 24, 2182, with an impact probability of 1 in 2,700 on that day. If an asteroid this size did strike the planet, Johnson says, it could make a crater 6 miles wide, and the area of devastation would be as much as 600 times larger. As objects... An object Bennu's size impacting in the eastern seaboard states would pretty much devastate things up and down the coast, he says. We now know a lot about Bennu, but what about what else is out there? So far, planetary protectors have spotted a little more than half of the asteroids Bennu's size that are expected to exist, Johnson says. But the recently approved Near-Earth Object Survey mission should find a lot more. And in November, NASA will launch the first mission designed to see if a spacecraft can hit a space rock and change its trajectory to test out this way of deflecting a dangerous asteroid if it ever became necessary. In the meantime, the precious sample of rubble from Bennu is on its way home. The spacecraft is basically on cruise control right now, says Dante Loretta, the OSIRIS-REx principal investigator at the University of Arizona in Tucson. The mission is in great shape. In September 2023, when the capsule arrives back on Earth, scientists will finally be able to see what they got. They want to understand more about the makeup of asteroids, not just because they're a potential threat, but also because these space rocks are pristine relics left over from the formation of the solar systems of the solar system's planets billions of years ago. So that's uh, fairly interesting. It is interesting. We're probably not going to get hit by it, um, but you never know. Maybe we'll, maybe the chances will go up when it swings by in the twenty one hundreds. Uh, yeah, well, I won't be around then, and then the highest probability was uh, 2082, September of 2082, so that would make me like... Oh, no, no, 2182. Oh, 2182. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so definitely going to be dead by then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, for sure. So, I guess I'm not going to worry too much about it. And there's a possibility that if it does hit Earth, it won't matter that much, because, you know, we'll already be all fucked. So, yeah. you never know. Or that I'll already be dead. And yes. So. Well, yeah, we'll <laughs> probably be dead. Yeah. I can't I imagine, imagine living so. over 100 years. That would be too much. Oh, yeah. Way too much. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us any place we are just by typing in Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. Ageofradio.org slash Stranger Than. There you can listen to our podcasts, uh, the whole the whole catalog of them. Ageofradio.org is the podcast syndicate we are a part of. So you can also just go there and look at all kinds of crazy shit they have, all the different podcasts and whatnot. You can also go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast where you can give us a dollar for a crisp high five, $2 gets you ad-free episodes, and $5 gives you a bonus true crime episode every month. If you have any stories about any wacky shit that's happened, ghosts, aliens, fairies, the shadow people, whatever, send us an email at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to read listener stories. We did one just a couple weeks ago, or a couple episodes ago, and it was fantastic. And so with that, I guess we will talk to you next time. Stay strange. 